Hey, I'm super excited for you guys to watch Grateful Heart TV. This next episode, it is a continuance of Tara Krieg over at Amera First. We just heard all about the appraiser over there that's helping her get her deals done. But now more than ever, we keep hearing about this impending bubble and this burst in the marketplace and every headline you see, it's got fear written all over it. Tara and I go over a lot of reasons why that's not going to happen, but more so than not, we have some great advice for you guys. If you've been thinking about buying a house, you've been thinking about selling the house, or you know somebody that has, I suggest you watch the show. Hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to our show and thanks for joining us. This is Grateful Heart, the motivational Arizona real estate and business show. We're here to inspire you to believe in yourself, to dare to dream about your infinite and divine possibilities, to blow open your mind to creating your most abundant reality possible as our thoughts are so powerful. I found turning my own personal grief into gratitude raised my vibration to be in tune for receiving prosperity, health, and connecting to God's source. I'm your host, Rebecca Rains of Integrity All-Stars at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I have been selling homes here in the Valley since 1993. If you have any questions and are watching us live on our Facebook page, you can comment and we will do our best to answer while we are live on the show, so do not be shy. Today on our program, we have some great guests for you. Live from Phoenix, Arizona, it's the Grateful Heart Show with your host, Rebecca Rains guys, welcome back for episode two or part two of Grateful Heart TV with Tara Krieg of AmeriFirst Financial. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! And we are talking on these two shows. The first episode we had appraiser uh, extraordinaire. Well, actually, he's the owner of Arrives. 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 Appraisal which Management is an appra- Company. Appraisal Management. Thank you, Tara. Yes. Uh, but part two, we're going to be talking about the new set of rules that have to do with... dun 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 how many of you guys watch the news or hear the news and think that the market is going to crash? This is where people raise their hands if we had an audience, but yeah. we don't have an audience. Don't worry, they're all raising their hands. <laughs> we're addressing it every day. Because <laughs> every day we get a call from somebody who wants to buy or sell a house. But they're worried. They're worried. They're yep. worried. Okay, so I, what I do, I do fully expect, and I'll show you why I expect it, I do think homes have not slowed down in demand per se it's still hot it's still scorching hot but it's not like like hell fiery hot that it was last month i'm only laughing because if you've ever ran like a mega marathon uh-huh. right then I never have then but... a regular marathon doesn't really feel that bad right but if you've never run a regular marathon it feels it's freaking terrible. hard yeah yeah <laughs> so we'll talk about so that so we'll talk about that so tara and i she she's so fun she has a subscription to inman if you guys don't know what inman is it, it's one of these like nerdy spaces they do social they do events they do all kinds of stuff and all these really brainy people get together and tell us what is going on in this world and really nerdy people like me like to read about it yeah and she even has a password she let me borrow (laughs) i still couldn't figure out how to pull up all the data from these articles but the the big headline really does set the stage for what we're talking about in this half of our show yes it does and what it what it really is is okay guys i have been licensed you know um Brian was super sweet. He's like, were you 15 when you got licensed? No, I was 19 when I got licensed, and I am 47 today. I have been selling real estate for 28 years straight. To say that I've sold a few homes is an understatement, and that I've seen some cycles happen in the market is also you know, a valid Very thing true. to say. Yeah. In 2007, 
I quit my builder job that I had managed 28 salespeople because I was having to fire them all. That wasn't very fun. And I started getting into short sales and foreclosures in 2008. In 2008, we were being told that it would be probably about two to three years that those set of rules would be in play. Right. Okay, two to three years from 2008 was like 2010, 2011. Yep. Well, 2010, 2011 was actually the bottom of our market in that in that whole cycle was actually, I know this because I'm geeky too, I, I should probably participate in it more often than I do because I don't, but April 6th of 2011 was truly the bottom, bottom of, the market. of the market here in Maricopa County. That is when... If you had money still, because very few of us did, yep. I didn't, no. um, but I was doing a lot of short sales and foreclosures for people, and the buyers in that time period made a bunch of money. Oh man, they were getting smoking deals. But we really didn't come out of it until 2013. So what was supposed to be two to three years really lasted more like five to six before we started seeing normalcy again in our marketplace. And I think a lot of that, Rebecca, was fear. You know, when you go through an extended period of time with home prices declining, there was an attitude towards buying of, I didn't want to buy too soon, right? right? I wanted to time the market. It was yeah. the, the There's big no idea. such thing as timing the no, market at isn't. all. And, and so, and, and then here we are fast forward, right? We've been hearing for the last few years that there was going to be like, well, actually, from 13 to 16, we just kept hearing about all this shadow inventory and how Ugh. our market was just going to be filled with all these properties that was going to bring the property prices back down, again, playing on fear. Of course. And that's all headlines do is they play on fear. Right. Because this article in particular, when you actually open it up, it actually goes and tells you all the reasons why it's not going to happen right now. I know. It's so funny. So you brought this one up. The housing crash will be even worse than we predicted. The bubble and, trouble. And then uh, the opposing article of that was the impending bubble burst is mythical at best. For those who believe an impending doom is on the horizon, here is some bad news. It's not. And here's why. And then it gives all of the analytics that uh, basically address. So the media will always write news intended to scare us. Of course. Of course, because people don't even buy newspapers anymore. No. I don't even know how newspapers are making money. And maybe it's just from these scary headlines. Scare tactics. And mm -hmm. then you go on social and you pay all these subscriptions so you can try to read the real article. <laughs> and then usually most of us just give up beyond the headlines, right? So we we make decisions based off of headlines that are totally bogus just to get our attention and fear and feed fear. Well, and our perception becomes our reality. And, you know, Absolutely. with these smartphones and social media, these phones actually understand what is grabbing our attention and will show oh, us Lord. more of that and so you have to be so really that careful pair of with shoes that. you like that keeps showing up on your feet yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like the same thing i'm sure the minute somebody says that they want to maybe buy a house or sell a house they i don't know who they are they are listening yes. and next yes. thing you know your feet is full of stuff that <laughs> is what you were just talking about it's amazing how that happens so yes. that said our show is about empowering you with true knowledge Please, Fry, zoom in on the screen for me because I want to explain what the screen is now showing. So you know how we were just talking about um, the last time we went through a crash and why yep. people keep, I think some of us have PTSD from back in those days. Oh, we for sure do. And, yep. you know, there's a lot of fear happening. It's really easy to trip those triggers, if you yes, will, it right? Is. So what this is, this is a graph from the Cromford Report I pulled just yesterday. And I think this is really interesting. And let me explain to you what this is. This is a comparison of this year and last year. Last year was odd because of COVID, yep. right? Um, and and a comparison of 2005, okay? So I wanna show you guys something. So right now we are in June of 2021 with the blue little dotted lines. And this is talking about our active listing count, okay? Active listing count. 
Tara, are you following me? Because you look very confused. I was was (laughs) aligning just for those who can't see it. So for me, I was looking at the colors of these various lines. So green is 2005. So understanding that. And then aligning to, yes, burgundy is 2020. And then, of course, blue is 2021. So right now we have about 6,000 listings in the multiple listing service. In the very first days of January, we also did. And then remember how I said I was going through, like, in January, I'm, like, mad. Denial. I'm in total denial. I'm (laughs) super mad. By February, I was, like, super pissed, right? And I'm starting to come back up here, and I'm now to acceptance, you know, over the last six months. But we're also kind of back up to the 6,000 we started with in the beginning of the year, which is nothing. Nothing. Because guess what? In 2005... Basically, this is where the chart starts for Cromford. Cromford, I think they started in 2005. So just under (coughs) 8,000 listings. So they had just under 8,000 listings in May of 2005. And little by little. Not little by little. (coughs) Lot by lot. Those listings climbed. October, November, and December of 2005, we went from 8,000 listings to 24,000 listings. That's incredible. Okay. And what is incredible about that is if... In fact, we are going to be leading to a boom or crash or whatever you want to say. An increase in inventory. We are going to be watching this increase in inventory and see if it starts going at the same rate it did in 2005. Because if it continues along the same pattern Mm -hmm. that it has, then we're not leading into that. Okay, and that's what I wanted to show with this chart is yeah. the comparison. Last year was a weird ass year because guess what? In March, COVID hit, yeah, and we should have had like this crazy season, and instead our summer season was really more like our spring season. Well, we had an initial increase of inventory because um, everybody freaked there was, out. Yeah, we had people a bunch were of like, "We're going to have a recession." Yeah, now, yeah, we just it never ever experienced a pandemic like that. I had people buy in May. That are rock stars today. They are rock stars. A year ago, a, a year. If I go back and do a CMA forum today, compared yes. to when they bought and they were scared to over thirty percent, easy, easy, because it is thirty yes. percent year over year. Yeah. So when you see those kinds of gains, but to Brian's point, in our last episode, we talked about the difference of people having money, and you brought it up too. Yeah. So the difference truly today is the people getting homes under contract are people who have skin in the game. Yes. They have a lot of skin in the game because they're paying above appraised value and they're putting 50, 60, $70,000 above many times. And I think what's really important to speak to, Rebecca, is the majority of these home buyers are buying a single family residence to live in. True. Back in 2004, five, leading up to that, we these had were Canadian, well, we had speculating buyers. speculating buyers. They were coming in, buying with 100% financing, on these exotic mortgage products that were not sustainable over time, looking for a significant gain in a short period of time because it wasn't their primary home. So the you know foundation of our market today doesn't look anything like the foundation of the market did back in the housing crisis. Absolutely. But that said, mm-hmm. this isn't wood. I'm looking for some wood. I think there's some wood down in this hole. Okay, so that said, Mark, mark my words. I have seen it get a little bit easier the last oh, couple of years. Yes. Not on every house. <laughs> yes, that's true. But I have written offers where the first weekend, okay, mind you, this t- if we were looking at a year ago, you have a full price offer the first weekend, only one, the sellers are happy. They're oh, like, score. Yes, and right? it's going to go under contract. And it's going to go under contract. Yeah. Yeah. I've written three in the last two weeks that I gave full price the first weekend. Yeah. And they didn't accept our offer. Of course not. Because they're waiting. They, they're waiting <laughs> to see if anybody else would come in more. One of them did end up using our offer against us and got twenty grand more, and my yeah. client t- tapped out. 
But what that's telling me is instead of the 13 I needed to compete against, now they were in more remote areas, yeah. you know, it, but so, but I, I'm seeing a sense Some of reprieve. it. A little teeny tiny. And we are also seeing it with our active list count coming up just a little bit since May. So this is where I'm predicting that if this continues up a little bit more, when we start seeing more active listings and more and more agents start having the stories that, oh my gosh, I actually got a client under contract this weekend and we just started. When that starts happening, we may see an incline of listings because my sellers might start who've been sitting on the fence watching. Right. You know, kind of like in the arena of that whole gladiator arena we showed in the first show. Yep. Um, I think we might get more listings and then it might get a little bit easier. Now, what we have to watch for is that we don't have a repeat of 05 because I got to tell you guys, we really weren't in the crash. We really no. weren't until 2007. Mm-hmm. Okay, so basically in five, this prediction was coming, but they didn't recognize the signs of it. Right because it hadn't happened before. Mm-hmm. But we've all watched it before. Now we have all these stats and analytics. So the minute we start seeing the active count probably hitting 12 or 13,000 that we haven't seen in forever, mm-hmm. then we may have a reason to, to maybe stop and pause. And maybe my clients will stop offering above appraised value. Well, and I think too, Rebecca, is more um, solutions come to the marketplace, like trade-in programs, for example. And I'd love to touch on that. But um, there are homeowners who want to sell and buy. They just don't feel that they can sell and buy in today's market because they need to sell their house before they buy buy. a house. Mm -hmm. And so as more unique solutions come to the marketplace, like these trade-in programs, where they'll advance some of that equity, still be able to get top dollar for it, um, I think that we're going to see more buyers taking advantage of that. If it gets a little bit easier, those programs will work a little bit better, too. Right. Yep. Because what I have found with the programs I've personally attempted to use is it still goes back to, does that buyer ultimately have the money to swing the difference between the appraisal Correct. and the sales price? Yep. And it kind of goes back to like what you had talked about, like our, ch- our parents' generation, the norm was 20% down. Yeah, you had to put money down. And then yeah. all these other creative products came out like FHA mm-hmm. and allowing people to come in with 3%. So really just the, the truth of the matter is, is in today's marketplace, the number one rule is you got to have money to play. Oh, 100%. I, I would say there's no question that liquidity and excellent credit from an affordability standpoint, so lowest interest rates, best terms, are the two things that really make a buyer stand out. Absolutely, 100%. So that said, this time of year is usually when Rebecca and her husband are planning trips. We actually got married in July. Fourth of July is typically the heat. The heat has hit this week in Arizona, right? We're supposed to be hitting 116, 117. So it was kind of fun to read this Cromford update that went with that chart. And it, I'm, for those of you who are not, um, who are watching, who are listening, not watching, I'm going to read the following from their anal- analyst over there. New listings continue to arrive at a strong pace, and supply is growing at, growing at the fastest rate we have seen since April of 2020. Those who did not believe us when we said the market had started to cool in the second half of March must surely believe us now. This is cooling akin to Arizona summer when 110 degrees feels quite a bit less toasty than 117, but it's still hot as shit. (laughs) Um, Here is the weekly chart showing active listings, excluding actives listings in the UCB and CCBS status. So this basically is just referring to the chart. I just showed everybody active counts are leading indicators. That's my point. They're leading indicators and it's tricky to predict where they will go, but the last two weeks suggest that more people are getting tempted by the high prices. So I think that the, the sellers, 
And I'll tell you a true story. I was looking at doing a HELOC. I ran my comps yesterday. My husband James and I are like looking at going, what? If we actually sold today, we could probably sell our house. For us, we bought it in 13 for $350,000. Oh my gosh, Rebecca. Today it's worth probably about eight to eight fifty. Oh yeah. That is Cuckooville. I mean, for, you know, in years past, as yeah. you know, ever since I've been doing real estate since I was 19. So usually you see a three or 5% appreciation and you're happy with that. If your house went up 20 grand in one year, you're like, score. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like 20,000 a month. That's just it's crazy. It's, it is crazy. So I do think more sellers are going to be tempted. I think as they hear more active listings and easier stories, they're also going to come out because part of my seller's problems, most of them, is they wanted to sell, but they were afraid of buying. 100%. There's a ton of fear out there, so they were afraid. So if they start hearing it's a little bit easier, this could work itself out before we know it. That would be wonderful. Um, so I'm going to show you this chart, because this chart I literally pulled yesterday, and there's some really interesting stats on this one. So when I look at the graph from two years ago versus today, there's a lot of red on this, and usually red is a bad thing, but I'm looking at this red going, oh, hallelujah, please bring it on. Two years ago today, we had 21,000 active listings. Today, we have less than half of that. We have 10,000, but 10,000 is still a huge improvement from where we've been. So if we exclude all the under contract homes and pending listings, uh, we are literally actives just underneath that 6,000 mark. Well. Last month and last quarter, we were under 5,000 in both of those categories. Well, and I think it's important to point out, Rebecca, that in June of 19, when we had 21 active listings, we were in a healthy housing market. We did yeah. not have an excess of inventory. No, it was like the perfect market. It was the perfect balanced market. So I want to make sure that our listeners are not deterred by that because 21,000 would meet or perhaps get no, us closer to meeting 000, the demand of the market. 21,000 meant I could take you shopping today and you could think about the house for a couple of days before you made an <laughs> yes. offer. Yes. You know, you used to have that luxury. You could talk about it with your husband, go home and sleep on it for a day or two. Right, exactly. And if you're if you came back to make an offer, you're probably the only one making an offer. Well, and it was easier in the way that the home had deferred maintenance or had you could some get the repair seller items. To do stuff. The seller was willing to rectify those. Okay, so two years ago to today, um, we had 1.6 months of inventory. So even then, we actually had very little inventory for the amount of demand for what that would we be had. considered a balanced market. 2008 yep. was probably more um, better in line with what we would say is a more healthy. Uh, Housing market. Housing market. Yep. Seller, buyer, even. But we could still get you a house without very much trouble. Right. Like a good one that you liked. <laughs> okay. So the other interesting stats is instead of just a half a month of supply, we are up to 0.6. So that means we have a few more extra houses than we did last month and two months ago. The average sales price is 101% of list. And if that average is at 101, that means there's a lot of houses selling for significantly above list to bring that average up. Yeah. Um, another stat that I thought was really interesting for those people who two years ago were listening to the headlines and not buying a house, and I can think of a few of you that come to mind that have talked to both me and Tara over the last couple of years. Yeah. You said you were going to hold off. So two years ago, the average median sales price was $280,000. Today, it's three hundred and ninety. dollars let that resonate for a second. That's $55,000 a year. The median sales price has increased. That is more than what a lot of people make in a whole year working a job full time. Oh yeah, no, that's unbelievable. So all you had to do is just buy a house and sit still. So two years ago, the annual appreciation was 5.3%. 
Last month, it was up to 37.9%. This month, it dropped down to 36.8% year over year. Still a phenomenal investment. Oh, my God. It's still a phenomenal investment because yep. guess what? Everything that we're reading, and we'll see if this you know stays true. I have a whole bunch more dissertation from the Cromford Report for you guys if you'd like to read it. Um, we will definitely have it on our website. But th- this is where I was talking about the median sales price at $390, up 32% from 2020. Should buyers wait to buy? What's interesting is at the end of this whole dissertation, let me just read you the last sentence. My advice to buyers frustrated with the market, don't wait for the market to balance out. Take a breath, take a vacation, but don't give up because change is subtle. And it does go into talking about the summer slowdown that we definitely experience this time of year traditionally. Mm -hmm. Traditionally, we should be slow right now because everybody's taking vacations, it's hot. And then come around, you know, after the kids go back to school, August, September, October, we might have a nice little run on properties. And then next thing you know, it's the holidays. Right. Right? And the year is over. So this is what we typically see for um, our marketplace. I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, we've got some really interesting stuff for you guys. So hold tight. If you're looking for a mortgage, you need a personalized plan, not a click button, get mortgage option. Tara Creek and the TK team have saved families thousands by proactively planning their home purchase or refinance. Buying a home is a huge decision. It deserves a strategic approach. The TK team provides you with a comprehensive mortgage plan, including a complete credit analysis outlining the steps needed to improve your credit score, helping you qualify for better rates and terms. Visit the TKteam.us today. We'll ensure you get the best guidance so you make the best decisions. The TK team, moving you forward. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century already. I want to say that experience truly matters. So when you're looking for your realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. However, my experience doesn't matter nearly as much as my clients' experience. I dare you to Google me. You'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I truly care to help navigate you and your family to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home. Hi, my name is Rob Sell. I'm with Sell Home Inspections. Been doing home inspections in the Valley for about 20 years. I do a variety of home inspections from new builds, resale, commercial, multifamily units, fourplexes, duplexes, and even on up from there. I can be reached at 602-908-7355. Again, 602-908-7355. Thank you and I appreciate it. I look forward to hearing from you. purchasing a home or refinancing we know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company lawyer's title is the leading source for all title escrow and marketing needs with access to the largest group of title insurance underwriters lawyer's title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud creating solutions that save time and money for everyone ask a realtor or loan officer today about using lawyer's title on your next real estate transaction lawyer's title is a member of the fidelity national financial family all right, we're back from break. And, you know, I have to tell you, Tara's got all kinds of stuff that she's so excited <laughs> to talk to you guys about. I'm just going to let her roll with it. Why don't you take a quick sip? Okay, okay. Because she needs to get hydrated properly to share with you all of her wisdom. I am hydrated. So the thing that you just mentioned on break, what was it that you were surprised I didn't know about? Because I know everything. Uh, the child tax credit. So uh, At least I another, need to tell my kids that. Another that. round of the stimulus. So for those of you that have dependent children... Um, that ch- that additional stimulus, which is basically three hundred thousand, or I'm sorry, three hundred thousand. I wish I got three hundred thousand for having kids. Three hundred dollars per dependent that they'll get monthly 
from now until the end of the year. What? And then they'll get an additional $1,800 in April when they file their taxes in 2022 per dependent. Wait, 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 wait. Rewind and replay, please. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. So there's a tax credit coming there's for t- anybody, or is it only if you make under a certain... So about 82% of all tax filers are going to qualify in some capacity for this tax credit. So for a married couple, it's 150000 Okay. And for a single filer, it's 75000 Okay. And then basically you get an additional $500 for children over the age of 18 still claiming a dependent. So your college student, your young adult still living per at home, month. et cetera. So the $500 is a one-time payment. The children under the age of 18 living at home is $300 per dependent Mm -hmm. from July until December. And then they'll get an additional $1,800 when they file in April. So So $3,600 per dependent. Why is this needed? It was part of the additional stimulus, Rebecca. And so they- I'm so confused. Well, listen, the feds and our government really wanted to make sure that we didn't fall into a recession. And so they were very aggressive with their stimulus this time to ensure that we could recover quickly from this pandemic. Okay, so time out real quick because you and I both have a lot of clients and I want to be able to tell the news how does this money just, is it just going to show up in their mailbox? So if they did direct deposit, like the prior stimulus, uh-huh. it will be direct deposited into their checking account month over month. And so is the IRS just basing this off of what you your filed? Fi- your most recent tax filing, okay. which is incredible. And then if you didn't direct deposit, then they will mail the check to you. Okay. So each month you can expect to receive that payment. But what's so exciting so about that... So you don't even have to apply for it or anything? No, it's automatic. What's and so exciting? Leave, leave me here. What is I so exciting? So for our home buyers who have been saving and scratching every dollar they can so together. So if they're lucky enough to have three or four kids? This is going to be a great opportunity for them to have more cash to put towards their home purchase in the fall. I love it. I yeah. love it. That is a, that is exciting stuff. So if you have kids and you're married and you make... Or you're single. or No, no. I was going to say the, the 150. <laughs> if you make yeah. 150 or less... You get 300 a month for your kids. 300 per child. Per kid. Per kid. Per kid. And you get an additional 1800 per child in April when you file next year. Okay, so the only thing I don't like about this is I have to say I have a couple of friends who own businesses uh-huh. and they're struggling to find employees to work because mm-hmm. of the stimulus money. Isn't this counterintuitive to that problem right there that... Now we're going to give these people potentially even more money and more reason to stay home and not work? So that's a great question. So first of all, I'm happy to be in the state of Arizona where our governor has really been proactive to say, hey, we need people to go back to work. So instead of giving you this additional $300 unemployment on top of regular unemployment, we're actually going to give you a bonus to go back to work. So they're going to discontinue the $300 and they're going to take that money and reallocate it. So if you go and get a job and stay in that job for 90 days, they're going to give you a bonus to go back to work, which is incredible. But that doesn't have anything to do with the stimulus. So if you were on unemployment and you can go back to work, not only are you going to be incentivized to go back to work with a bonus to return to work, you're also going to receive the child tax credit. Wow. Yeah. So if you've been renting and you've been thinking about buying, but you were (laughs) too scared to. Or you were unemployed and didn't have a job to qualify and now you've returned to work. And now you've returned to work. And now all of a sudden you're starting to see this money come in and hit your bank account. Save it. 
So, Use it to buy a house if you can. Yeah, and one of the coolest things, Rebecca, so as you know, I do financial coaching yeah. through Dave Ramsey's organization, mm-hmm. and we teach families how to eliminate debt and save money and position themselves In to fact, buy. In fact, I think the last time you were on, you were just starting a session. Did you? We just had over? our graduating class, and oh, I had awesome. a group of young people, Rebecca. This was the dynamic that I've never had before. I wanted my daughter to do it with you, and she didn't do it. It was wonderful had. because they were all young. They were all young people, so uh-huh. a lot of them don't own a home yet. A lot of them haven't got themselves in trouble with consumer credit card debt That's yet. Good. And so they were able to learn why it's not wise to do that. Right. And then how to set up a budget and save money to eventually get into a position to buy. And you just told me something else on break having to do with credit card debt. So that's where I'm going with this. So this is so exciting. <laughs> so exciting. So pre-pandemic, we get excited consumer about really credit card so debt know. had completely roared out of control. It was right. crazy. So people were certainly spending money they didn't have. Well, the pandemic shut the economy down, and a lot of people were able to save a ton of money, not going on vacation, not eating out, not doing entertainment. Not buying clothes. Especially young single people. Yeah. Um, commuting to work, if you think about those that drove, that saved gas money, etc. Sure. And actually, consumer debt is down to the lowest level since they started tracking it in the late 90s. So, so maybe they can qualify for more money now? So Americans are much better positioned today with consumer credit card debt than they were pre-pandemic, which is shocking to hear. That's awesome. Yep. Like, lots of good stuff here. And so I want to say, um, one of my other close girlfriends is an underwriter. Uh-huh. And I was on the conversation with her recently, like, what in the world? Like, who are you seeing <laughs> actually getting these houses, you know? And <sighs> she does primarily FHA and conventional, just plain vanilla loan yep. underwriter, right? And she said the majority of the people she's seeing actually that are hitting her, because in order for them to make it to, to her in the conveyor belt... Of, they have to have had an offer accepted. <laughs> they had to get their offer accepted. That's my point. So she said the majority of people she's seeing coming through are putting 20% down, have been renting and saving and they have been saved. out of the market this entire time. Yes, they saved. I have several buyers like that right now. And what's crazy about that is in their mind, they were saving to avoid private mortgage insurance. Mm. But what that enabled them to do, Rebecca, is be a winning buyer in today's right. market. Because even though they saved 20% down and it may not result in removing private mortgage sure. insurance, it's positioning them to win. And the reality is... They're buying with a payment that's less than what they're paying to rent. And that is the moral of the story. Well, so rentals are just obscene. I can't tell you how that we've had several people tap out of buying, go try to find a rental, and then they come right back back. to us. Yeah, they're like, I can't rent. This is insane. The the rental is as bad, if not worse, than trying to buy right now. So all of that said, we've got a couple minutes left on the show. What are your final thoughts on the new set of rules? Because I want to, I showed you guys a chart and, you know, you look at what 2005 did and we don't know what the rest of the year is going to do as far as active inventory is concerned. You and I have both been in this business between the two of us nearly 50 years. So we've seen a few things. Yeah. And with experience, you can, you know, also look in within with your intuition and think, okay, if I were to be making a move right now, would I? Yeah. Well, two things I want to touch on. So first of all, Brian talked about the fact that we adapt, right? right? And you talked about that you worked for a new build and when the market changed, you did short sales and foreclosures because you you adapted with the market. I had to. And so lenders and real estate agents are doing the exact same thing. We find a way to help our clients buy and sell real estate regardless of the market conditions. And so one of the things I'm really proud of is that AmeriFirst has stepped up and rolled out financing opportunities to meet the demand in the marketplace for those home buyers who need to obtain traditional financing. Okay, so slow down, because talking mm-hmm. to you and talking to me sometimes is like drinking <laughs> from a fire hydrant, Tara. Yes. So 
if you slow this down, basically what you're saying mm-hmm. is AmeriFirst has come up with solutions to the new set of rules. Correct. We don't know how long we're going to need these solutions because we don't know how long these new set of rules are going to stay in play. You're 100% correct. Is it going to be a year? Is it going to be two years? Are we, we going to be told two years and it's really going to be five years? Yep. We, we don't know. Yep. But we do know we're going to be studying the market and watching for those indicators because in 2005, when 2008 hit, they looked back at 2005 and said, holy cow, we saw this coming. We just right. didn't realize we saw this coming. Right. I do believe there's enough of us watching right now to make sure that we're going to be paying attention if that happens in the future, right? Right. So that said, new set of rules and with that, a new set of solutions. Terry, you got a couple of seconds. Okay. Let's talk about these solutions that you're offering over to Mira first, because I know yep. I sat in a meeting with your boss, and I even went to my boss, and we're trying to achieve one of these for one of our clients in the moment today. Yep. Fingers crossed. Please share with us what those are. So if you're a seller and you don't want to list your house for sale until you buy something new, uh-huh. because as you know, the mm-hmm. second your house hits the market, it's going to sell. And sure. you know, a lot of our families are fearful that they're going to settle on the new purchase because they're not going to find in the existing inventory what they're looking for. Right. And so they want to be able to window shop sure. before they list their home for sale. So AmeriFirst has come up with a trade-in program that allows them to make an offer on a home that's not contingent on the sale of their house. Because they have a guaranteed buyer. Because they have a guaranteed buyer. So they will advance them 90% of the equity in the home. Mm-hmm. And then the agent, their mm-hmm. agent, you, Rebecca, would then list their house for sale. And any amount of money they get over that gets returned to the seller with the exception of the cost to do the trade-in program, which is one and a half percent and a per diem on the money that's loaned. So although there's a cost associated with the program, it creates a solution right. for, a, for a seller who perhaps just wouldn't m- make that move today. There are some sellers, as you know, that can't qualify to buy until they sell. Correct. They have debt to pay off. They have other stuff. And they just have to sell first. So that's a wonderful solution. Yeah. Let's hear solution two. So solution two is if you need to be a competitive buyer and you keep getting bid out by Mm -hmm. cash, Mm -hmm. then they have a cash option. So AmeriFirst will make a cash offer on your behalf. And even if it's over appraised value, as long as you have the liquidity yourself to bridge the gap, they'll make that cash offer for you. They're going to charge you a fee to do it. Again, one and a half percent. And then we can turn around and either slide in that financing or refinance it right after. And that is where truly the piece of having Brian on our previous episode was a key component for AmeriFirst yes. because they are going to be going to Brian for that hybrid version of, of an appraisal. Of what they think the home might appraise for. Of what yep. they think it may appraise for. Again, we don't know until they show up and they actually do the evaluation. Correct. Right? So there's a lot of maybes. And and I know one that we're closing this week for our client, mm-hmm. um, I think he did the report. Yes. So we it was listed at 370 sold for 420 he was okay because he just made 40 extra on his last house. He wasn't anticipating making. So, he, you know, we kind of went into it the mindset. Willing to bridge the gap. To bridge the gap. Yep. And ended up appraising at 400. And I think Brian's report said 388. On the high end. On the high end. Yep. Yep. And so basically had that client gone through this program, he would needed he would have needed to demonstrate that he could bridge the gap above the three eighty eight to the four twenty, which he could have. And I was gonna say this is a perfect example of a client who had the means to do that. And mm-hmm. so going into that we certainly could have made that happen. We could have made that happen. Luckily, Rebecca, woohoo <laughs> I negotiated it without it. I got him the house anyways. Exactly. It, it didn't hurt that the listing agent knew both of us or yeah. had worked with both of us yes. in the past because 
honestly, today with the new set of rule number one, it is relationships. All Tara and I have both been doing real estate for a very long time, and between the two of us, we know an awful lot of agents. Yeah, and we know a lot of a lot, just a lot of players in the industry. And a lot of my clients have gotten homes because I knew the other agent. I can't guarantee that I'm going to know every agent on the other side of every transaction. Right. But it has helped me get homes for clients I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Well, and at the end of the day, a seller needs the confidence to know they're going to get to the finish line. And it isn't always that, you know, wild offer off to the side that's going to win the deal because it might not make sense. It will probably cancel. And so you don't trust it. You don't trust it. There's no confidence. So really, bottom line today, most of my client sellers do look to me as their agent to give them guidance on who to accept. Right. And I am very distrusting of people that can't show us the money. Right. Because if you're going to make an offer, you got to be able to put your money where your mouth is. We just had a situation where the agent was requiring proof of funds for any amount over, over because they're just not taking a, smart. a pre-approval for it. It's you smart. know, They want to see the proof. I knew yesterday on the house that we're competing for today, the first offer we were competing against was FHA and they went super high above. Right. But just the way the, the listing agent said to me, she's like, yeah, but it's FHA. So, you know, basically it means nothing. Um, and, and that's a sad situation. It is. I'm very sad for the kids of, of our next generation. I do hope these new rules do change. Right. For their benefit. Because I want to be able to see my kiddos be able to buy a home on their own without needing mom to help. Agreed. But that said, Tara, any words of wisdom? Any positive affirmations? Any thoughts to give people hope? Uh, yes. I think that it. you touched on it perfectly when you went through the grief stages. Yeah. And, you know, there's fresh. I think our buyers go through the exact same oh, totally. grief stages that you touched on. And I think it's really important, the mindset of the real estate agent and the lender that they're working with. Absolutely. Because they, we're going to help keep them in the game. Where, you know, for some buyers who don't have that level of support and commitment to getting them in a home, they'll end up just throwing in the white flag and renting and then looking back year over year regretting. we're at 30% and regretting yeah. that they didn't stay the course. So that would be my biggest advice is make sure that you're aligned with people who are going to A, get you to the finish line, but B, keep you in the right mental headspace right. to have the endurance to get there. Hey, fatigue is real 100% yes. for the buyers and it's real for us agents yes, too. Yes, we I'm, have to help each other. I'm out there in 116 degree heat this past weekend uh, showing homes, I'm writing offers on homes that I may most likely may not get for that client. I, I'm going to give it my best shot, but right. you know, I'm going to work with anything that they give me to work with. And what I love is you guys have a couple solutions that may, very well may help people who couldn't get a house otherwise. Yeah. So you guys, if you're interested at all, please reach out to us. You know how to get a hold of us. And if you don't, I'll make sure to share with you how. Thank you and have a fabulous day. you guys enjoyed the show we just finished watching tara krieg of amerifirst financial first episode was with brian caffrey of arrives and he's an appraiser over at the appraisal management group actually i think he's a ceo regardless we're talking crash of the market is it coming what the stats have been doing where the market's heading and it's all great stuff so i hope you guys caught both shows and enjoyed them if you need to get a hold of tara krieg the best way to really find her is tkteam.com it's tkteam.com. The phone numbers, the websites, the contact us, all that great information is there. And of course, if you guys need any help with real estate, you know how to get a hold of me. 480-243-4242 or catch us at Integrity All-Stars. We'd be happy to help you guys make home ownership a reality for you. What a great show. And thank you for joining us on our mutual journey to becoming unharmable and successful in all of our experiences while we're here in this school of life. 
We hope you enjoyed it. If you watched us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Likewise, if you're catching us on one of our podcast platforms, be sure to follow us so you never miss out on another one of our shows again. Remember that if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, check us out on the web, www.gratefulheart.tv, for all of our links to connect with us. Otherwise, we'll have another show for you again right here next Monday at 11 a.m. Arizona time. I'm on vacation every single day Cause I love my occupation Hey, hey, hey I'm on vacation every single day Every, every single day